You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. Michael, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I just want to point out that um, I have talked about Inktober on this podcast a lot. Oh, nice. And Michael, you were the one who got me into that. So thank you for providing years of entertainment for me. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) I am glad to have done that. How many years have you done Inktober for now? About eight. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. It's, it's a lot. Best. It's fun. It's so fun. I mean, I haven't done it for a couple of years just because I'm busy with other stuff, but it was such a huge part of my art learning journey. Mm. Oh, it's wonderful. I, I get it probably more excited about Inktober than I do about Christmas. Like oh, it wow. happens and then, yeah, I start planning. Well, I'm already planning what I'm going to do this year. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I- any any uh, sneak peeks? Um. Well, last year... I tried, I'm, I am ambidextrous and I tried to do both hands on every drawing and that did something weird to my brain. So I do want to do something like half of the month be one hand and then the other half be the other hand, but it's very clear. I need to be, have them separate. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) There was a little too much wire crossing going on with, with both at the same time. Way too much. I don't know what it did, but it was weird. It, it did weird things to my brain. Okay. So, so we're already talking art, but I want to. Um, I want you to tell us about you and your art and how you got into it. Well, got into it is a fairly simple thing. I think it's probably what my impression is. Most kids, uh, like I drew when I was like one or two. I just didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> So then maybe a better question is what kept you going? So I was going to say I started really getting more into it and pushing it like in my teens. Um, I had like started when I was really little. My mom still had the like drawings of like giant heads with tiny feet. Uh, And then for a long time, I would like trace art from like little comics or uh, picture books. I think I really started getting into it in my teens had gotten a little more into comics so was trying to imitate and write stories for those and then uh my fr- i met my friend matthew giasu who you know and then he also drew so it then turned almost into like a activity that we would do competition like he mm. would do something cool i'm like oh well i have to be able to do that and then you know i would kind of pass where he was at and then he'd pass me and we'd go back and forth and constantly be pushing each other oh that's interesting now you you did go to school for art for a while there yes i did that was after i um after i'd already been doing it for a long time like that was me going back to school years after i first graduated college so yeah i went to the rocky mountain college of art and design how was your experience there uh it was good um I don't think it was the the very large price tag worthy amount of good, but it was good. Uh, I liked 
interacting with uh, the teachers, especially, and made some friends. Got instruction in, oh, just a whole bunch of variety of things. So I'd say it was a good experience. I, you know, I enjoyed it and the campus, but I don't think I would say you have to do it or recommend it for people. There's plenty of stuff up online. So probably the most helpful thing is the uh, connection you have with people. How does that work with art? Like the connection with people, is it just a community of people doing the same thing that helped you? Yeah. And uh, people that you could show, it's like, hey, here's this piece that I'm working on. Uh, what do you guys think about it? What do you see? Where could it be pushed? Mm. And of course, you know, just human interaction is always nice. It's, 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 it can be uh, lonely just sitting there and drawing for a long time. Now, certain, sometimes you're just in it and that's fine and you don't even notice time going by. But other times you're like, eh, drawing. <laughs> me into another question. You were doing um, drawing on Twitch for a while. Are you still doing that? I am still doing that. I currently do that generally on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay, so I would just want to know about that experience of like drawing with an audience. Do you inter and you you interact with the people as you're doing it? How? Tell me about this. This is cool. Okay. Oh, uh, what what part do you find cool about it? And then I can try to expand on that. Well, as you just said, sometimes you're just in it and you're a solitary person with a blank canvas. What is it like knowing people are watching you and how do you interact with them as you're drawing? Well, first off, it's helpful for motivation to keep going. That's actually why I started um, streaming my art was because it's like I need to have time where I'm more focused on just working. And so I was like, well, I might as well record myself. And if people are watching or expecting me to be working, then I'd better be working. <laughs> so that is a benefit of knowing people are watching. Um, I enjoy interacting with people while I'm doing it. So often the, the often the conversations that are happening in the chat aren't even necessarily focused on art, but it's just something to do and uh, it helps occupy a different part of my brain so that I can still be doodling or drawing, you know, not just doodling, um, while chatting. And it helps keep the whole thing uh, a little more fun and less uh, work. Have you ever had it happen where the conversation kind of changed what you were drawing? Or are you pretty set in what you have an idea for? Uh, it varies. There's some times where I definitely have an idea of what I'm going for. I almost always like am intrigued by what people say should happen but there have definitely been times when i've said okay everyone i don't even know what i should do or how shall we do this or um there was a there's a D, &D creature called an owl bear it's like a mix of an owl and a bear pretty straightforward and i was asked by someone to draw one for their twitch channel and at first i was just drawing it as like a super basic it's, it's an animal it was just an animal standing there and then somehow i think i had like sketched one post chat at the time was like "Ooh, push this or like give him a mug and so with the interaction with the chat it turned into like a whole personality character who's like now the mascot of the twitch channel and that's called owlbear in uh and so it it grew so much more than i had all had 
even thought of or anticipated. So that was uh, a cool experience. And that kind of thing happens sometimes where it's like someone says a little thing and that does spark the idea to be pushed or pulled in a certain way. Sometimes bigger, sometimes oh, that, great, lesser. That's cool, though. Like collaboration. I love creative collaborative work. Yes. And I, I never imagined that drawing, because again, drawing seems like kind of a solitary thing. I love that. Yeah, it's really fun when it happens. Um, can you give our audience kind of an idea of what style of art you do and what, what inspires you? What do you like to draw? Uh, they kind of all go together for the most part. Um, the style could most easily be described as comic book uh, is my main style. It's, you know, black and white lines with uh, colors put in. Uh, and I enjoy drawing superheroes and comics. And then I also like doing more digital painting and trying to imitate uh, things like World of Warcraft or like really good fantasy art. So, and those are the subjects I like to do generally is fantasy or sci-fi, fantastical things. And I noticed that you have been doing a lot of commissions for original characters, for Dungeons and Dragons or stories people are writing. Yeah. I want to know how that works. How do you work with the person giving the commission to create something that they probably have a fairly good idea of what it's like in their head? How does that work? Okay, yeah. Um, good question. Generally, what I'll do is, I'll, you know, I'll ask them to write a description of what they're looking for in text. And then if they have any, like, pictures of, like, the type of thing they're thinking of or ideas, then I'll have them send me those as well so that I can try to mix and match uh, and have a better grasp of what they're doing. And then I can uh, work from that. And sometimes like when I'm at certain stages of like sketching or inking, it's like, now, is this still what you were looking at or what you were wanting it to be? And they'll say yes or, oh, no, I was thinking, you know, that part would be a little different. So, uh, so and sometimes it comes out there like, that's perfect. That's exactly what it is, which I always like hearing because it's always a little nerve wracking because it's something someone has a very particular thing in mind. I'm like, well, I hope I get it right. Yeah. Have there been any challenges as far as that goes about maybe like um, a certain kind of look? Since you're doing fantasy and sci-fi stuff, like a particular kind of alien or pose or creature or just something that was kind of an exciting challenge for you? I think sometimes the the challenge for me is even if it's a basic description, still having like clothing of a character look interesting, like uh, jeans and t-shirt is just boring clothes in my opinion. <laughs> but if that's what the character has, you kind of got to, you know, try to find ways to spiff it up. Normally if it's a D and D character, they're much more involved, but sometimes it's like, you know, basic tunic. Okay. So uh, trying to find like different ways to draw a tunic with of course stuff on it. But um mm. Shaking that up a little bit is probably the trickiest, but also one of the fun things to do. Actually, one of the biggest things where I had someone nitpick where it was like, oh, no, that kite doesn't look right was, you know, a, a, a female face that I wasn't having be female. <laughs> it was just a simple humanoid fairy face. And they're like, it doesn't look female. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Of course, now looking back, it's like, oh, man, no, I see what you mean. 
Do you use a lot of reference photos in, when you're working on stuff like that? Oh yes, a ton of reference pictures. I'll I'll create whole whole boards with tons of pictures that I can flip around on. Um, I have a couple different apps that will help you pose like a 3D model, uh, either in a pose or just to get the anatomy just right. Yes, reference is super necessary for me. And how about you? Like when you're just drawing for fun, you said you like to draw comic book style and, and characters. What character or theme comes out a lot uh, in your own drawing for yourself? Character types would probably be either like uh, a stereotypical knight or paladin and then like ranger archetypes. Mm. Uh, I also like uh, Star Wars. So Jedi have been making more of a comeback <laughs> in my <laughs> in, in, both in pop culture and then in like what I what I draw. Awesome. And Batman. Always Batman. There's a lot you can do with Batman. Agreed. There's so many variations in how he's drawn. Like there's all these different costumes and each of them has their own cool elements. So some days it's like, I'll draw that one or no today. I feel like this one. So that's a, that's a fun thing. Yeah, for sure. What is your current favorite Batman kind of off topic, but I'm, I am curious. Ooh, are we going movies or comics or all of the above? All of the above. Well, it definitely switches around. Um, probably current favorite comic Batman would be either the uh, White Knight. It's a miniseries. Uh, he's got a cool detective coat cape. Yeah, probably his. Uh, Alex Ross, who does like painted comics, he has a really cool, like very classic looking Batman. As far as movies goes, I love the Christian Bale movies, um, but simply from a visual aspect of like how it's portrayed on screen, not the writing at all, but I actually like uh, Batfleck and uh, from Batman v Superman and Justice League, even though I don't really like those movies, I like the Batman. And uh, but I am also really excited to see the new the Batman movie because I keep hearing that it is amazing. I haven't yet seen it. Um, honestly, his costume I don't like as much as other ones, but I keep hearing the movie is incredible. So I'll I'll look forward to seeing that. I agree. the The costume looks a little clunky, in my opinion. Yeah. Um... I, it it feels very heavy. I I'm kind of wondering if they did that as part of the design, like they meant it to be that way. Uh, it would be interesting to see your opinion after you see the movie. I after watching the movie, I was like, it works. I don't know why, but it works. Mm -hmm. And I can totally see that. There's been plenty of times where, or um, like an example of that kind of thing, without even having seen the show is when I saw some of the still photos for the new Lord of the Rings Amazon show. Like mm. some of the photos, I was like, that looks okay. Others, I'm like, mm, kind of wish. But then like seeing it in motion, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that totally is fine. So um, I'm sure in context of the overall movie, I'll be fine with it. Just like standalone by itself. Like I said, when it first showed up, I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this because it, it feels heavy. It looks heavy. It feels heavy even in the movie. But oh, interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting choice for sure. I'll have to see if I noticed that. Because for me, like one of the biggest things that I think I noticed, and it's like it stands out is like his mask doesn't like cover his whole neck. 
as much as like other bat masks do it's like mm-hmm. sitting on top of his head and that's like mm-hmm. not in any batman version i've ever seen before so it's like that seems a little weird but yeah uh, again the it, it's very different and kind of clunky and awkward but i think it suits the feel they were trying to go for at least i accepted it maybe they weren't even trying to go for it but i accepted oh i'm it. sure they were <laughs> there's so much thought that gets put into things like that this is true and now it's time for random recommendations Oh, random recommendation. Uh, well, I just finished reading the book Super Better by Jane McGonigal. It is a revolutionary approach to getting stronger, happier, braver, and more resilient, powered by the science of games. And I thought that was a really cool uh, book and concept. Quick summarization would be uh, it looks at how games can be extremely beneficial to human uh, emotional and even physical well-being and then trying to transmit those benefits through like using a game mentality into day-to-day life um so i've there's there have been several things where i'm like it's helpful so whenever someone asks me what i found good about it i'm always remembering different details but like um one thing would be looking at things with a challenge mindset rather than like a threat. So if anything comes up, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I can get through this and thinking through it like in a game. In a game, you're just trying to have fun. Obviously, there's problems and you might fail and mess up, but, you know, it's not a huge deal. And so if you're able to take some of that into day-to-day life, it helps uh, be a calming effect and help you get through things. So kind of like when you go into a game, you're expecting problems because that's what happens in games. Yeah. And in life, I I know I have this thing of like you expect life to be easy and not have problems, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is not true, but that's how we go into it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, That sounds like a great book. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, The author created this whole thing. Like the book is the follow-up after like, years of studying a system she created when she had suffered a traumatic brain injury and like was barely able to do anything. And so she developed the system to help her cope with and get through the agonizing healing process. Oh, wow. And it's full of stories of like, Oh yeah, this person using this technique was able to, you know, get through this process. It was fascinating. I'm like recommending it to everyone. What are your three favorite podcasts? My three favorite podcasts are um, Imaginary Worlds, and that's about lots of different geeky things. Um, I think some of my favorite episodes are about the Klingon language. Um, A couple experience theater performances, in particular one of Alice in Wonderland, and then... um, an interview with the creator of many of the costumes for the aliens in Doctor Who. Oh, oh the imaginary worlds. I also love Planet Money and my favorite of favorite episodes. There's two. Um, one about a, a the cheese cartel in Switzerland right after World War II. Okay. And one. <laughs> 
and one about how the U.S. government accidentally got a surplus or plus of cheddar cheese. <laughs> and now I just want to like learn about history through the viewpoint of cheese. <laughs> okay. And my third favorite podcast would have to be Theology in the Raw with Preston Sprinkle. He's uh, an author, a really interesting person, and he has on so many different guests from different life perspectives, um, political views, spiritual views, and I just love I love his podcast. So those are my three. What are what are three? Three of mine. Yeah, I probably should have said three of rather than what are your three favorite because I hate favorite questions. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. The Bible Project podcast. Ooh, is... that one is good. Yeah, you know that one? Okay. Yeah, that's incredible. I love the super in-depth discussions of the full thing. Mm -hmm. uh, three Point Perspective, which is an, the illustration podcast, and that's by uh, Jake Parker, who created Inktober. Uh Lee White and Will Terry. So they talk illustration stuff with each other, questions or topics they've come up with. And then probably the side hustlers perspective currently. That's um, a guy named Scotty Russell talking about how to uh, think business like about artistic stuff and also just, you know, artistic mindset stuff. Oh, those sound fantastic. So getting back into your art, what are some of the the projects that you've done that you would consider your favorite? Let's see. Uh, one would probably be, it's another drawing challenge like Inktober. Uh, have you heard of Sword Timber? I've seen your pictures. Okay. And tell everybody about it because it's amazing. Yeah, so... Someone, let me find, actually, let me grab the thing. And I wrote down the name of the person who came up with it. So Faith Schaefer at Faith underscore Schaefer, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. On Instagram and Twitter, they uh, created this challenge where it's like every day in September, draw a sword, or at least have one for every day. And they wrote um, a list of prompts. Uh, so it was just little one word things like sun, star, fire, poisonous. Did they say electronic? They might have said electronic, uh, you know, powerful, all these different words. And you would draw a sword based on that. So I did that. Uh, it actually took me like a little like in literal calendar time, almost two years to get it done. Not really that long of actual work. Just put it off for a bit. And then uh, that was really fun, just drawing swords, which are in, are far simpler than, you know, humans or characters and trying to work whatever the theme was into a design. And then I actually put those all together into a little book that I now have uh, for sale on Amazon. So, Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah, your yeah. swords are so cool because it. I like the variation on a theme. Because there's so many different styles you explored of different, not just like, here's a different health or here's a different color, but like the, the style of the sword, the materials they were made out of. So, so cool. 
Yeah, and that's exactly why I liked it. Beyond just liking swords in general, and they were easy. It was like there was so much possibility for variants, and I would do some of that just to play. It's like, well, this is looking too much like that other one. Scrap it and do something different. So it was really good for all those reasons. Of all the swords, which one, I know it's hard to pick a favorite, but which one are you like, yeah, this one turned out really good? That would probably be uh, the one called Wings. It mm -hmm. uh, has like a handle formed of basically angel or eagle wings. Uh, and it's got a cool glow to it. And I actually didn't like that one when I was just drawing it. Uh, but once I got the coloring in, it just, and I really love seeing it. What projects are you working on right now or ones that you will be working on that you're looking forward to? Uh, working on now, uh, I'm super close to being done with a comic project called Computer Girl, which is written by my friend Chad Beninati. Um, it's, a, it's a children's uh, superhero story or superhero might be a little strong. Uh, a girl and her two brothers uh, get access to advanced technology and are dealing with a plot involving robots and spies in a world. I think it's technically post-apocalyptic world, but it's kind of many, much of time later and society's built up pretty good. But uh, that's almost done. Is that going to be a continuing thing or is it just a, a set story? Plan, as far as I'm aware, is that it's a set story, but this is only like the first chapter of that story. So, Ooh, yeah. okay. So what is it like making a comic book? Do you, how, how do you plan it out? How do you plan out a, a comic book? Well, there's a few different ways you can do it. Uh, generally how I go about it is there is a script or at least a rough outline of like things that are happening in each scene. And then um, I spend a lot of time sketching out where I want the panels to go. I get <laughs> super focused on making sure everything fits, um, and, which is why it's nice to have digital stuff because you can shift and move things around. And then I'll even, if I have the script and make sure that the, uh, words will fit on the page correctly, and then I'll draw around those so that you know nothing will get covered up. And then from there, it's honestly a, very similar to my main process for doing illustration. Is you know it's from a sketch stage, then I'll add the black line work, which are called inks, even though it's digital mainly, but <laughs> we still call them inks. And then uh, get flat colors. Sometimes I hire that process out where someone just goes and fills in each object you know, a different color just so it's separate. And then I'll uh, add the correct colors and shading, lighting, and special effects. And then either I or someone will add words together, and then you have a comic. What is the style, like kind of the art style of this? Is it more simplistic or more realistic? Uh, for this particular one, it's a little more cartoony than I normally do. Normally I'm like... Well, it's hard to call comic book styles like ever realistic, but <laughs> where, you know, they, they look more like, you know, real physical people. Whereas this this particular comic is much more cartoony, very bendy arms, very big heads. And did you come up with this style or did the writer give you an idea of what they wanted for that? Yeah, we, that took us a while to work out. Um, 
was he knew that he didn't want like particular things, but he wasn't quite sure how to express it. So he sent some artists that he liked over. And then I was like uh, studying and imitating like parts of them. Like he's like, I like this part of it. So I would try to, you know, I'd sketch something or like what I thought the character could. Well, and then finally he's like, Oh, I like that one. And then, so we, we did other sketches of other characters. He's like, well, I like that aspect of this one, that aspect of this one, this one's the best for, you know, X, Y, Z reason. And then would just, you know, tweak it and finally start putting it in the comic. Even as we were going, there was times he's like, Oh, you're, you know, now it's too cartoony. Cause I would like focus on doing it. And so then I like leaned way too hard into doing it one way. So, mm. uh, very, very push and pull on that one. And then for, um, for a comic book script, does it look like, let's say, a movie script where it gives you the dialogue and then the actions of what's happening? How do you know what to put visually? Yeah, well, there's actually like, I think at least two or three methods of comic script writing. So generally, they all have some manner of showing, of describing both the action that's happening and the dialogue that characters are saying. Uh, sometimes that's all it is. It's just this happens. Some some writers will be more specific of like, you know, it's going to be this many panels. Or I want, you know, I want it from this angle. Um, make sure to zoom in on this. So that depends on uh, the writer and who they're working with. And what do you like? Do you like having it in the script of like being pretty specific about what you're, what each panning panel will be like or do you like having a little bit of freedom to explore and kind of I don't I'm, I'm such a filmmaker at heart like shoot oh that's the, fine <laughs> shoot it the way you're imagining it <laughs> uh-huh uh I actually like either um I, I can do either one of them uh what Chad did for this one did he do it? yeah he did it for this one and uh one we made right before this uh, would he would also he would even like sketch a super basic picture of each one so that helped nail that like to clarify his script and I was able to like use those as like a, a super rough starting point which was actually nice yeah that is nice have you ever thought about making your or have you and I just don't know about it made your own comic book with your own story that you wrote oh yes uh, I've definitely thought about it a lot and I have one that is out no i have two well one is super old and not even worth you know i feel like it's not <laughs> worth sharing uh so yes i have a couple ones and one is called uh tales of warriors and wanderers and i'm actually working on uh finishing up the next volume of that and that is just uh an anthology series by which i mean that each will have a completely different story they don't have to fit together they all just have the loose theme of being stories about warriors or wanderers are you like in across time and space or in a yes. certain kind of oh very cool um can you tell us about what the first two are if you can share anything about the yeah. one you're working on so the the first one uh was so far they're all just short stories so the first one is a short story about kind of archetypical fantasy rangers and then the one I'm working on actually has three separate stories. <laughs> and I'm even considering debating whether I should switch out one of them. So the mood of the whole comic fits to get together. Uh, but it's got like a uh, space hero 
as well as mermaids in or, so one story is about a space hero and there's dinosaurs in space another story is about mermaid or mermen actually and then another story is just two you know fantasy D-esque travelers so a wide range yeah that's great and so then when you are making a comic book how do you write it do you write the story first or do you write it and like the action do you see like the panels in your head how does that work uh sometimes i go panel by panel um where it's like i have an idea of that i want to show and if so if i have an idea that specific i'll definitely sketch that and say you know have this um other times it's just like writing i'll write a story keeping in mind that it has to be split into panels but um i'll just write it like a story and then work it into the comic book script does it does it help to kind of keep that separation sometimes of like here's just a story we'll worry about the details later oh yes <laughs> <laughs> so a last question as a writer like how long have you been writing and what what kind of stories do you like to write like we've already kind of established kind of fantasies type stuff but mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about your writing well, I certainly haven't done as much of that. <laughs> Not practiced at all. I wouldn't know. I don't know that I'm good or anything. Um, yeah, the the general subject matter is very similar. I like having stories where there's either some just silly story. All of the ones in that next issue are very silly. One is very serious. But I also try to get it where it like will make you think in some fashion, or at least have some level of, um, oh, this is an interesting thing. Of course, want you to like the characters, but um, currently my my overall thing of writing is like trying to get an idea across. I bet at this point, people are really curious how, where they can see your work. Um, at this point in the show, you get to plug all the things, please. <laughs> plug all the things. Okay, so if you search for Michael Howe Arts, all one word, doesn't quite seem right, but you know, is a tag. That's uh, how you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Twitch. Um, I also have a website, uh, michaelhowarts.com. If you find a logo with like a black background and a green wolf, that's me if it goes with that name. That's what I'm like now. <laughs> and then you have some um, published things. Where can people buy those? At your website? website or like on amazon or uh they are on amazon they're hard to find um i have links to them on my link tree and uh also through my website so michaelhowarts.com there'll be a link to shop and we'll have all of those in the description to check out michael's work because it is it is very very fun art i would say your your art is just really it's colorful and it's fun and it's you're really getting good at movement and poses so it's it's fun well, thank you thank you so much for listening to the patchwork girl and friends make sure to check out the artwork i make for every episode on instagram and facebook you can support the patchwork girl and friends by using the anchor app 
And you can also use the Anchor app to send me random quotes and recommendations that I can use in future episodes.